What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy, and today we are going to be going over and reviewing Kenobi Episodes 5 and Episode 6, the finale on Disney+. Plus. All right, guys, so I am, uh, when it comes to this show, I've been very vocal in the last couple of episodes about my opinion, how I feel about this show. I've had discussions with other people and I may not have agreed with everything some other people have said with me on these discussions for this show. I still stand where I stand in saying that I don't really have any. There's no excuses for Disney to mess up. Um, now, saying that being said, is did I hate these last two episodes? No, I didn't hate them. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go through them the best I can. I'm going to recap the best I can uh, what happened in both episodes, the episode five and episode six, which is the finale. And um, yeah, I'll tell you guys what I did and I didn't like and what I think is going to be the future of this show. So in this episode, I'm going to basically do a recap, give my quick opinions, and then I'm going to make another episode in the, uh, within the week's time uh, where I'm going to discuss the, my thoughts on the whole series as a whole, and what I think they're going to do going forward in even more detail. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the show. I got my notes on my phone. Okay, episode five of the Kenobi show. All right, uh, let's see. Where are my notes start? Where do my notes start? Um, okay, so we open up with the flashback of episode five. We open up with the flashback of... It seems to look of Attack of the Clones era. Right when this flashback opened up, I was like, oh, that's Coruscant. It has to be Coruscant. I don't know where we are. I just know that that... Or I don't know when we are, I should say, but I know that that's Coruscant. And the camera zooms back, and we see young Anakin. Anakin in this uh, Attack of the Clones era outfit and his um, braid. And we see Hayden Christensen turn around, and oh my god, my face lit up seeing this. This was so awesome to see Hayden Christensen and Kenobi, uh, or, and, um, Ewan McGregor back into the old cells. Now, they did look, uh, they did look significantly older than they were in the, that time period in those films. Um, I did enjoy it nonetheless. Uh, this is, this kind of comes into my whole, there's no excuses for Disney. Like, literally, like, the day after this shit aired, there was a guy on YouTube who did, like, a deep fake de-aging of both of them, and it looked infinitely better than what Disney even attempted to do. So, when they say that it can't be done, well, there's people on YouTube doing it for not even close to the budget that you guys have. But um, anyway, uh, that minor little nitpick, the scene was very cool. It was very awesome. And this is this is the stuff I've been waiting for. I'm, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, why do we got to wait till episode five to get a cool uh, flashback scene like this of um, Kenobi and Anakin having a lesson in lightsaber combat? And... Right away, you know, you notice the differences between the difference in the way Anakin approaches it versus the dif uh, like the difference between how Kenobi approaches it, and they go into more detail with that later in the episode. Um, because uh, the la okay, because so, the last episode ended with Obi Wan and Tala uh, rescuing Leia, and then one of the guys of whatever his name was died in, ex in like a explosion of a speeder. I don't know, he was dead. It just doesn't matter, okay? That it, the last episode was just terrible before this one, but anyway. So, um, uh, what was it? Um, after we open with the flashback, um, we when we show them, we show Anakin and Obi Wan training together. 
Um, it then cuts to the seat, cuts back to the sequence and features on the, uh, like how, what their dynamic is like in the present timeline. Um, Vader names Reva the new Grand Inquisitor and, uh, they basically set their plan of what they're going to do to get to the hideout. Uh, basically that was tracked by Reva putting a little tracker inside of Lola, the droid at the end of the last episode. Um, so Reva being named Grand Inquisitor, I mean, I'm like, you know, I, looking, I'm see, I'm talking about this with already knowledge of what happens in the future episode. So I'm trying to like give my like solid opinion while recapping this, but I'm not trying to stray too much away from, you know, how the show's presenting it. So Reva becoming the Grand Inquisitor, I'm over here wondering where's the Inquisitor, where's the, where is the real Grand Inquisitor this whole time? I know he's, he can't be dead. He cannot be dead. And Vader's just like, oh, I have a plan for you. Go go help me find them, and you will be rewarded as Grand Inquisitor. Inquisitor. And, I don't know, it, it just, it to me, it's just like, why doesn't Vader go do this himself? <laughs> like, if this is really that much of a, like, a, 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 it's something that's his, in his own self-interest to do, why doesn't he go after Kenobi himself and just, like, you know, spare us the side character that nobody cares about in Reva? And just go go do it yourself. Like, buddy, you, you're you one of the most powerful characters in all of Star Wars. Like, go do it yourself. Um, uh, so I, I guess that... And I and I, I didn't know this. I didn't know this until I kind of, like, uh, watched it again. I guess that the people that they're trying to help escape with Roken... Roken is Ice Cube's son. Which I, I just want to say right now... Uh, you know, he's Ice Cube's son. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is probably a really nice guy uh, in real life. I remember him straight out of Compton. And I liked him in the movie because he was portraying his dad. And he looks a lot like his dad. But god damn, bro. His acting is just... I don't know if it's just... I don't know if it's just I keep seeing him as Ice Cube's son. But his acting is just not... Just... It's not terrible... But it, it reminds me, the, the delivery reminds me of, like, Hayden Christensen in Attack of the Clones. The, oh my god, master. He doesn't say it like that. It's just that there's no, like, what's the word? There's no, um, I don't know. It's the way he speaks. It just, it, doesn't, it, just it doesn't, like, come off like anything's urgent. He's just like, no, what we have to do is get these people out of here. And it's... <laughs> It just sounds hella funny to me. I don't, I don't understand why, but I thought uh, they were going to show his dad, Ice Cube, in this fucking show. Because if you go on Google, it says that the cast for the show, he's, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s in the show, but it also shows his dad as part of the cast in the show. But anyway, so I guess the families that they're trying to get, they're force-sensitive families that are trying to get him to safety. Because if Vader meets them, they're all going to fucking die, I guess. Uh, Obi-Wan, I off, Obi-Wan offers to help in any way he can. And then, uh, while everyone's re- getting ready to leave, Haja, Kumar, Nalan, Johnny, I'm trying to, I have, his, I have his name written down right here, I spelled it wrong, I think, Kumar, whatever, Kumar Nalanjani, a character I don't fucking like, and I do not care for, as an actor, comedian, whatever the hell you want to call him, probably a nice guy in real life, I just gotta state that every single time, he's probably a really nice guy, I don't care for him in anything, I had somebody at work, I was talking about him, and they're like, oh, no, bro, he's hella funny in that one thing, I'm like, yeah, no, he's not funny to me, bro, I, I don't like seeing him here in Star Wars, even if he was just that scumbag who was trying to pretend to be a Jedi, to get families out of where they were getting out of. I still don't give a fuck about his character. Um, so he returns and he reveals he's helping them. Uh, well, helping them has made him be wanted by the Empire. Um, Lola, the little droid, sabotages their escape plan. Uh, 
by basically shutting the roof to this giant hangar. So apparently, like this guy, apparently Roken doesn't have like you know backup power or anything. He doesn't have like a spare generator. I mean, one might say, oh, well, they're on the run all the time, so they can't really always have stuff. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I think, I think I could have swore Kenobi says that like this guy's like related or he knows Saw Gerrera. So you know, I would think that if he worked with Saw Gerrera, he would probably come up with something like, oh, a backup generator in case the Empire tries to sabotage us. But we can't do that because we need the plot to go forward. Um, so Lola, this is, <laughs> basically Lola is like cutting up a bunch of wires and stuff. The little robot Lola droid that's being tracked by the empire. And then they're like, oh, we can't get in there to stop it. We can't get in there to see what's going on. Send Leia up in there. Leia, or no, well, Leia says, oh, I'll go do it. She goes to crawl in the vents. And I'm like, dude, what if like, what if you get like electrocuted and die? Like, that's like, how, like, I could probably buy Luke more than I could buy Leia fixing something like this because Luke, you know, Luke at least like works on a farm where he has to, you know, have some sort of, uh, some sort of grasp on like, you know, mechanics and engineering and equipment in Star Wars. But obviously we have Leia here, so we got to put Leia up there because Leia's got to have something to do. Um, Obi-Wan then leaves Haja to watch over Leia while, uh, he, um, he sees there's a secret message from Bail Organa. Um, and the message, uh, Bail basically says that, uh, he's concerned that, uh, Vader, uh, has discovered the true identity of Luke and Leia, and he says that he'll head back to Tatooine to help protect Luke if he doesn't hear back from Obi-Wan, okay? And that's another thing I didn't like about, I didn't like about this show, is why, Obi-Wan's like, you know what, hopefully, because Maul is still alive at this point, I don't think Obi-Wan knows it, he might. But Maul is still, well, actually, no, he might know Maul is still alive because Maul's running the crime syndicate right now, uh, uh, Red, uh, Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. But I'm just kind of like over here looking at this like, bro, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what, Luke is by himself, like, unguarded. Like, if one of the Inquisitors could literally just go back and be like, why is fucking Kenobi on, you know, let's just go look around. Let's let's look at the census taken here and look at to see if there's any Skywalkers or, or Lars, like, you know, you don't think that they would be like, oh, Lars, wasn't that like Anakin Skywalker's like brother, stepbrother or something like that? I don't fucking know. I just don't like how he left Luke by himself. Anyway, um, uh, after that, Tala's like, finds Obi-Wan, she goes, oh, she tells him like this, this whole story about the Empire killing a bunch of four sensitive families in front of her and her inability to help at that moment and what she couldn't do. She's like, oh, well, that's why, you know, I work with the path, and that's why I do what I do, because they killed a bunch of Force Sensitives in front of me, and it would have been kind of cool to see this, you know, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just one of the, it's like one of the things where they, it's like, uh, show, don't tell, they tell you about what happens, and you don't see, you don't get any, you don't get any sense of emotion at all, like, why should I care, like, why should I care about Tala, she was really one of the stupidest characters I've seen in this show, in the last episode where she slaps the Stormtrooper and knocks him out, and then comes up with the genius plan to have Obi-Wan wear a trench coat with Leia underneath it like he's fucking Austin Powers in Goldmember where he's hiding Mini-Me in the trench coat with him so he can, like, sneak him into the submarine. Um, obviously, yeah, I don't really care about Tala, but Obi-Wan then uh, tries to uh, create a distraction and then he ends up finding himself confronting Reva. And in this conversation, we find out the truth about Reva that I fucking called. That she's the little black girl that's the uh, youngling in Order 66 at the beginning of this show. And then we basically find out that um, 
she is basically became an inquisitor so she can get close to vader and basically find a way to kill him which is just like come on like really like like i already knew this was the fucking i knew this was the case that she was the youngling like it's it's obvious like the camera focused on her so much you know I, it just it just feels so like for some people this will be like oh my god whoa such good writing and to me it's like bro it's obvious like <laughs> it, it's obvious like one she was the what she was the only black girl little black girl there at the temple the only black girl youngling like it's not hard to like it's like oh okay well they keep showing this and it's like she's probably her but I don't know. It just to me was very underwhelming. And Obi Wan's like, "You're not trying to, you're not trying to help him. You're trying to, to get revenge on him." And he's like, "We got to work together." And she's like, "I don't want to work together." And she, you know, she tells a story about you know escaping Anakin, and how she pretended to be dead, and then she watched him kill the only family she ever knew. And I'm like, dude, this makes Anakin look like a fucking dumbass because it's like. I, I, okay, they show later on, like, they'll show later, I'll get into this later on, but it just makes Anakin look like kind of a dumbass, like, dude, like, you killed everybody, everybody in your sight except her, like, you know, all it took was her, like, what did she, she said she got, like, hit amongst the dead bodies or something like that, which, you know, it's pretty dark, but showing that would have been a lot more better than just, oh, yeah, this is what happened, yeah, by the way, uh, I was hiding a bunch of bunk of dead bodies, no big deal, it was just traumatizing, um, and, uh, let's see, then she says, oh, the only family she ever knew, so, unless Darth Vader, like, what, kidnapped her, made her an Inquisitor, or she escaped, why didn't she just go fucking restart like Cal Kestis did, like, why did she go do that and make a new family like Cal did, uh, I don't know, I don't know, um, well, so then uh, her quest, her whole thing to try to find Obi-Wan and become the Grand Inquisitor was just a fucking giant uh, plot so she can get closer to Vader and kill him herself in an act of revenge. And I'm just like, really? Like, that was your fucking plan? Like, what if you got killed during that? Like, your whole plan would have gone to shit. Like, imagine if you're just like, you're getting close to Vader and you become an Inquisitor. Like, yes, I'm an Inquisitor. I'm this much closer to killing Vader. And then Vader's like, you must go on a mission to Kamino. And I'm like, a mission to Kamino for what, Lord Vader? You must stop 16 Jedi there with the four of you. Like, dude, I can just imagine it being like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm going to die. I, like, I can't, we can't beat 16 Jedi. What, 16 younglings? No, I'm talking about like six, 16 Jedi. She get fucking mopped. They would all get mopped. They would die. But... I guess that just didn't happen in this whole time period of her becoming a fucking adult. I don't know how old she is. Is she's 25? Because, what, and she's a young lady. She's got to be, like, what, fucking six? So, what, 10 years later? Fuck, how old is she? Is she, is she 10? And then, see, this is the thing. This takes place 10 years after Return of the Jet, or not Return of the Jet, Revenge of the Sis. Okay, so... Reva was a youngling in Order 66, so 10 years later, she's what? She has to be 10. She has to be 10. If she's not 10 years old in, uh, as a youngling, then she, if she's 6, then, then 10 years later, she's only 16 in this show, which makes no fucking sense because she's not... That doesn't make... You, no, like that's... <laughs> so she had to be at least 10 as a youngling. And then what, is she 20 now? Like, 
I'm not buying that that she's 20. Like, what the fuck? She looks like she's fucking like 30 or at least like 27 or something. I don't fucking know. Just stuff like that. It's just like, bro, like, did nobody think about this? Like me, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in front of my fucking laptop and my microphone on my podcast thinking of all this stuff that they just didn't think of. Oh, you know, just get a 30 year old actress to play her. But that doesn't make sense. Like timeline wise and age wise, like she wouldn't uh, like, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, we're just going to throw her in there. Because uh, hey, and they said it. They said it takes 10, 10 years after takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith. This is their this is their canon and timeline that they set forward. This isn't just me coming up with shit. So think about that while you're watching this. But um, after she tells the whole story and everything, how she's trying to get Vader, Obi Wan offers to help, and then Reva's just like, "I don't trust you." Uh, she then blames like, "Where were you? Where were you when he killed all the Padawans? And how come you didn't save the youngling? Bitch, he was busy." The fuck? He was he was busy 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 facing General Grievous and almost fucking dying. So fuck you. Don't you don't know that's what Obi Wan like, you know what, bitch? I don't fucking know who you're talking about. I was killing General Grievous, bitch. And saving my clone troopers while you were getting slaughtered and ah, I'm scared of Darth Vader. So he could have used that rebuttal, but he didn't, because Obi Wan's a fucking beast. And doesn't make excuses. Um The Empire soon gets there. They break through, I guess they're called the Path. I, I wrote that down. They're called the Path. Breaks through their barriers. A fight ensues. A fight goes down. Blasters are being shot back and forth. It's like a it's like a episode. It's like a game of co-op in Battlefront 2. Obi-Wan then uses his prop lightsaber that's heavier than the CGI lightsabers from the prequels to battle stormtroopers alongside Tala, Roken, and everybody else. Then Tala is shot by a stormtrooper along with her droid. Ned B, whatever the hell his name was, and then she pulls out a fucking. They, 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 she both, she dies, but she pulls out right before she dies. She pulls out a fucking thermal detonator and says the iconic line, "May the force be with you." To Obi, it fucking blows herself up, like bro, like I don't know. It's just the convenience. Like, hang on, let me. I got shot, and now I'm wounded in front of everybody, and the droid is blocking them from being from shooting me. You know. Now, let me go ahead and pull out this thermal detonator. Look at Obi-Wan in the span of, what, 15 seconds? And then I'm going to blow it up while saying, may the force be with you. And Obi-Wan, no, Tala, no. And obi I guarantee Obi-Wan was the only person upset by Tala's death. I guarantee nobody else fucking cared. We only met Tala in, this la in, the, in episode four, and she dies in episode five. Why should I care about Tala dying when we barely met her, and she annoys the fuck out of most people, including myself, in the last episode, based off of her decisions, and the actions that the fucking director and writers had her do? Nobody cares about Tala. That's like if, that's like if when Roken shows up for the first time and all of a sudden he gets shot by like a sniper rifle, you'd be like, what the fuck? Holy shit. I just met this guy. And then you move on in the next episode. You're not even thinking about Roken anymore. That didn't happen. But if that did happen, why, why would you, why would you two episodes later, an episode later, give a fuck about Roken, a character who showed up for five seconds and got sniped? Like, why? That's my thing. Why would anyone care about Tala? They just don't know. They don't know what they're doing when they're writing these characters. Like, dude, if you and if you like genuinely think this is good writing and you enjoy it, you're a fucking. You have the brain, and the IQ of this fucking computer duster right next to me. Yeah, like, come on, bro. Like, this is not. When I see people go, oh my god, it's such good writing, such good. Like, no, it's not. You are fucking. You have to be an idiot if you think this is good writing. 
fucking I got I feel so bad for the actors and actresses, man. They they blow everything up. Anyway, we then flash back to Obi-Wan and Anakin and we're seeing Anakin basically get the best of Obi-Wan, like just, just I just I love seeing this. I just love seeing Anakin just kind of go a little overboard and just like fuck that shit. I'm the chosen one. Let the chosen one shit go to his head. He starts besting Obi-Wan a little bit, but Obi-Wan's doing his best to basically um like how do I say it? If Obi-Wan is a Obi-Wan is a defensive player. Anakin is the aggressive spammer. And while Anakin is spamming, Obi-Wan is is, you know, getting a stamina drain, but he's just like, oh, you know what? I got as long as I keep, you know, blocking things, I'll be fine. He's not gonna get me because all I gotta do is keep my defense and just don't engage. He then utters the line where he says that um he points out that Anakin's need for victory blinds him, which is true. Anakin in the Clone Wars um sometimes it's like he just wants to win and it's just like he does some things that might you know might not be the smartest thing but he usually wins like anakin will anakin is the type of character who in middle of a battle will probably not pick the safest way to win but he'll end up winning he might lose a couple of lives and he took a big risk but he ends up winning Anakin is the type of character that throws himself in the line of duty with his soldiers, with the clone troopers, and the clones respect Anakin because of that, like, hey, he's not just all talk, he's not just go do this, go do that kind of guy, he's the type of general that will jump in and help us fight till the battle is over, so I like that, I like how they did that there, his need for victory blinds him, and that's what ended up getting him fucking cut into fucking pieces in episode three, so... Um, Anakin then knocks Obi-Wan's lightsaber out of his hand, and then he automatically thinks that he won because he got Obi-Wan's lightsaber out of his hand. Uh, Obi-Wan then, uh, then, um, unarms Anakin and then teaches him a lesson. He's basically like, you're a great warrior, Anakin, but you need to, but your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Yes, he says, you're a great warrior, Anakin, but your need to prove yourself is undoing. Basically saying like, dude, you're the chosen one. You don't have to, like... Your whole ego basically telling you, like, you need to win and you need to best everybody. It's like, bro, you don't need to do that. Like, just be Anakin. Be the strong warrior you are. Everyone knows you're a warrior. And it's basically, like, it's an insecurity that Anakin has where Anakin, Anakin's always wanted approval of other people. He wants, he you know, with Padme... One of the reasons why I believe, one of the reasons why I believe, but one of the reasons he kills her is because she's like, she's like in shock at everything he did. She's like, I did it. I did all this for you, for us. I've uh, freedom for my new empire. like, what are you talking about, bro? Like you're, you, what are you doing? Like, you're speaking madness. And, um, I just like how they just, they kind of go back to that with Anakin. I wish to have seen more of this shit during the fucking show, not in the last two episodes, or the second to last episode, but, you know, I mean, I can't complain now. It's fucking over, but, I mean, I can, but I, my complaining won't do anything. It's already almost fucking just about over. Um, And then, basically, as a mirror to this whole lesson that the saber isn't the only way to win a fight, Obi-Wan then gives his weapon and his comm device to Haja and uh, tells him, hey, I'm going to turn myself into Vader. He gives it to Commander and Johnny, who, like, another thing I didn't give a fuck about. And then, meanwhile, Leia is, you know, in all those wires. And then we see that Leia finally discovers that Lola is behind the malfunction. Now, the way this droid moves is just kind of weird to me. It's obviously practical, but it's just, it, I don't know. It, I like it, but it's just like, I don't know. It just looks a little weird. Um, She finds Lola. Lola attacks her. He's like, ah, Lola, what the hell? Uh, she takes out the droid's inhibitor thing, like chip, whatever the hell it's called. And then she reopens the hangar roof. 
Um, Vader and then a bunch of his men, they end up taking Obi-Wan away. Oh, or no, no. Vader tells his men to take Obi-Wan away. I fucking mistyped that. Uh, Vader tells some, of his, tells some of his men... God, I can't fucking talk, guys. Holy shit. It's probably because of this lackluster show. It's just making me not be able to talk. Um... He has some of his men take Obi-Wan away. And I'm over here. When this is happening, I'm okay. Obi-Wan's going to pull one of his things where he does some mind tricks on Vader. Well, not mind tricks, but like, you know, fucks with him. Obi-Wan is a master for getting himself captured and then use, basically using his mouth and using his wit to get him out of whatever he got himself into. An example of this is in the Clone Wars movie that not too many people are a fan of, where he basically like kind of surrenders himself and wants to negotiate with uh, uh, Separatist General and basically ends up like distracting him, stalling him. And ends up getting his way. Obi-Wan does this a number of times in Star Wars lore. So I thought this is where it was leading. Um, as that is happening, um, he, he quickly escapes and then is reunited with Leia. And then Rogan attempts to get everybody on board the rescue ship. Um, and Vader basically is just like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fucking do this myself. Vader goes in. And basically, he walks into the hangar area. Like, they don't show, they show Vader, like, basically, like, I'm going to go do this myself. And Vader goes to walk into the hallway while Obi-Wan and all of them are, are, are trying to find a way to escape. Um, Roken, as he gets everybody on board, you're like, okay, they're all going to get, they're going to get out or Vader's going to stop them. Vader then walks into the hangar and sees the ship taking off. And this was the most badass shit I've ever fucking seen in this show. Vader fucking uses the force and star killers the goddamn escape ship and basically like nah nah you ain't going nowhere and he fucking pulls it back like a dog on its leash and he basically sets it back down rips it open like get the fuck out of there and then what happens <laughs> there was another ship in the background if you guys didn't see and they escaped through there Vader looks like a dumbass well, he's just like, oh, as the ship flies away. And it's just like, are you serious? Like, when I saw that, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? Like, uh, like, just, <sighs> you, sh you show us something cool. And then you immediately just fucking shit on us by having another ship in the back. Like, what if they're, why did they have, like, two hangers? You know what I mean? Like, they could have had a second hanger. Where the, like, because this this one to me is just like just really dumb. It's just like, if you could pull one ship down, why couldn't you just be like, oh, grab the other ship and then do the same thing? But because the plot needs to move forward, they don't do that stuff, and they think, oh, people will think it looks cool, and they won't worry about it. Well, it did look cool, and then you shat on us, and then that happened. So the ship gets away. <laughs> the first one was a decoy, and the ship gets away. It goes from being badass to being stupid in the matter of fucking what? 30 seconds. Now, Vader's by himself. Reva then decides, you know what? I'm going to sneak up on the second most powerful Sith Lord in the galaxy. She then attempts to use her fucking lightsaber against him. And then he fucking uh, basically is all like, I knew you were going to betray me this whole time, Inquisitor. And this is... Okay. I know I said the most badass part was... Um, was the him ripping apart the ship and taking it out of midair like Starkiller. This part was also badass, but it also pissed me off at the end, too. Now, one might be going as listening to this. Elon, you're not happy with anything. All you do is complain. Well, guess what? It's my job to fucking make sure I... It's my job to make sure that this is the best quality stuff. That way, you guys can watch it, and I watch it, and we can continue to watch it towards the future and then show it to our kids. That's my job. 
My job is to is to notice the shit that nobody else notices and point it out to you. So you kind of be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I was a little blinded by nostalgia. Maybe I was blinded by all the lights and the fucking brightness and all the action going on that I didn't notice that this giant fucking stupid thing that happened happened. So that's my job. So if you get upset that I'm getting upset, I'm getting that upset about Star Wars. Well, you know what? You're just not really a real fan, I guess. And you might just be happy with what you're given. And hey, that is completely fine. I don't look at it like that. I expect more, especially out of Disney. So she sneaks up on him. He's basically like, I knew you were going to betray me this whole time. I knew you knew I was Vader. All this other dumb, stupid stuff. And it's like, bro, if you knew and you let her, you trained her this fucking long. Like, when did you find this out? I don't know. So, they get into a fight. Vader basically just like, he pulls some Steven Seagal Aikido shit, and she's swinging the lightsaber at him, and he's just like dodging it, move, using the force, and just like blocking every punch, blocking every swing, and just like moving to the side, like, bro, he's just like a master at this shit. This showed, this was fucking cool, showing Vader as like a badass, it's like, I don't, like, bro, you are nothing to me. Like, what's a scene that it reminds me of? It reminds me of that scene and uh, in the uh, Johnny English Reborn, uh, that movie came out in 2011 with uh, Rowan Atkinson. It's the sequel to Johnny English. It's the scene where Johnny is in the um, the monolith or whatever the hell that thing is called. That like uh, you ride in like the at the um, what do they call them at the skiing resorts where you like sit inside of them and they take you to uh, the top of the hill. He's sitting in one of those things and he's tied up. And the guy uh, Ambrose, the the villain, kicks him in the balls and then he just goes. Like, is that all you got? Because Johnny at the beginning of the movie was training in some place in Asia where he basically learned how to not deal, how to get rid of the feeling of pain. And one of the things that he did was basically making parts of the body that were weak, strong and resistant. So he makes his fucking dick and balls stronger by dragging his dragging a giant boulder with his dick and balls. And it toughened his fucking dick and balls to where if somebody hit him there, no trauma, he wouldn't feel any trauma. And he just goes, and as Simon Ambrose just keeps kicking him in the balls and nothing's happening. That's what this scene reminded me. I know that was just a long ass tangent I went on, but that's what this scene fucking reminded me of. Vader just being like, anything else like you're tiring me. I grow, I grow tired of your insolence. And then he basically grabs, gets her lightsaber from her, breaks it in half and throws it to her like bitch fight. And I thought that was fucking cool. He was like, bitch fight. And she attempts to fight, blocks her again. Boom, boom, boom. Grabs her other hand, takes the lightsaber, fucking force pulls the other one in his hand. He's got two lightsabers in his hand. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. He basically was like, he added insult to injury by saying, you know what? I'm not only going to defeat you. I'm going to defeat you with your own weapon. And then the scene that I thought would have been cool and satisfying kind of kind of went upside down on itself for me. Um, after he reveals, oh, I knew that you will. I knew that you will. The one who knew I was Anakin Skywalker this whole time. I remember you, youngling. And I'm just like, bro, if you remember her, why the fuck didn't you kill her sooner? Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So basically what he does is he he goes and he... Uh, the Grand Inquisitor shows back up after this happens, but he fucking stabs her. And it has like a, um, a dual scene where it, it flashes between Order 66 Anakin where he's killing the younglings. And it flashes between him killing Reva now. And I don't know what this means, but in the flashback scene, he stabs, it shows him stabbing a young Reva. And I'm just like, okay. And then it shows him stabbing her in present time. Like it was like, oh, it's mirroring itself. 
and then she fucking falls down. The Grand Inquisitor shows back up. Ah, I wasn't dead, and I just wanted to show back up at the last minute, and a bunch of other stuff. And I, dude, he's like wearing lipstick or something now. Like he wasn't wearing lipstick at the beginning of the show that I can remember, but now he's wearing like this black lipstick. I just thought that was kind of funny. The Grand Inquisitor is like, oh crap, I need to wear lipstick today, and puts on black lipstick to impress Lord Vader, and and then basically Vader's just like, oh, I'm gonna walk away now. He stabs her and leaves her for dead, as someone would say. And then she ends up fighting a fucking comm device, Obi-Wan's little comm link device that fucking Haja dropped earlier. And then he sees Bale's message to Obi-Wan where it's saying, oh, I, I feel for Luke and uh, Leia, their identities. And then it cuts to Luke in his bed sleeping while Reva like hatches a plan or something. And I'm over here like, hold the fuck on. So this scene while making Vader look like a badass and then ending making him look like a fucking idiot, it goes, Vader stabs her as a kid. And she either... A couple of things could have happened. So he stabs her as a youngling in Order 66 while he was at the peak of his fucking power. He stabs her. And then she said she... She says that she survived and hid amongst the dead bodies, basically. And it's like, wait a minute. So are you telling me that Vader was just like... He stabbed her, but he couldn't kill her? Or Anakin stabbed her, but he couldn't kill her? How? He's a fucking youngling. How did she survive? Are they going to use the fucking excuse of, my hate kept me alive so I can finally confront you and end these whole blah, 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 like what Maul did, which was cool when it happened. And the reason why Volk survives also, too, is because his species are also known to survive without their limbs sometimes. So him surviving is kind of like, okay, it makes sense in the Star Wars universe. They explain it really well. And he was also kept alive with dark magic. He went insane. There was a cost of staying alive. For Maul, the cost of staying alive was that he's gonna, he basically going to go insane thinking about Kenobi all the time. He can't use his legs. He doesn't have any. He's going to just rot. His body's whole body's going to rot and have to live off a of scrap. That's basically the, the, give, the give and take. You know, you give you, you take away his legs and you get all this fucking trauma such as emotional and just just, just makes Maul just complete like holy shit. Like he just falls. His fall from grace is just like literally fell. His fall from grace is just like holy shit. It's, he's fallen so hard. And with Reva, it's like, okay, you're going to use the excuse, oh, she used her revenge to stay alive. Like, what the fuck? How powerful is she? She's a re As far as I'm concerned, she's just a regular fucking human. And she was a youngling. So it's like, how did... Now, one other thing was Grogu. I saw this. Grogu could have healed her. How? When did Grogu... Did, did, did Anakin capture her capture Grogu and then made Grogu heal her so she could survive and become an Inquisitor? As far as I'm concerned, I don't think Inquisitors were a thing during that... No, they weren't a fucking thing during that time period. So it's basically just like, whoa. They just make Vader look like a, a, a fucking idiot. Like, you can't kill a youngling? No wonder you didn't kill Obi-Wan. So he stabs her again, and I'm like, okay, she's got to die now. No, she fucking has the will to crawl over to the comlink and survive and hatch a fucking plan. And I'm like, what is your plan? Are you going to be like, yo, Vader, I know you have a kid on Tatooine. His name is Luke. And I'm going to go find him and kill him or bring him to you. Like, what is, she, what is her plan? It's so, it's so fucking dumb. And I don't know. It just made Vader look like a... A dummy. It made him look badass, and then right when he looks badass, they gotta knock him down a couple of pegs and make him look like a fucking incompetent idiot. Like, bro, 
you know what I have loved? I would have loved to see and what I thought they were going to do. And I think this would have made many Star Wars fans very happy. I think that what he was going to do, or I thought that what he was going to do, or what he should have done in this case, when he gets both of her lightsabers, he basically uses her lightsabers and pulls a Count Dooku and decapitates her fucking head. That would have been fucking cool. End her out of the show. Take her out. Fans who didn't like her are happy, or didn't like the character are happy. And people, casual fans would be like, oh no, she's dead. Like, wow. And then they, you know, they can enjoy that or whatever. I think that would have been great, and it would have showed Vader, like, Vader does not fuck around, because at this point, it's like, Vader is not supposed to fuck around, that's why I'm like, why are they making Vader do stupid things, like, letting her live, I'm leaving you for dead, buddy, buddy, you should know by now, leaving someone for dead basically just means, like, you're leaving them for the next sequel, like, that's not how this works in Star Wars, because nobody's ever really gone, according to Disney, so, would I rate that episode, Solid 7 out of 10. Nothing special. Nothing nothing to boast about besides the Vader stuff and the flashbacks, which were the coolest. All the stuff with Kenobi and Vader is always the coolest stuff. Everything else is fucking lame. And, you know, it didn't need to be that way, but Disney, Deborah, and the Dumb Riders. The Disney, Deborah, and the Dumb Riders made it that way. And, look, me getting mad at Deborah, you guys know, Deborah Chow, um... That does not mean, I can't believe I have to say this, but I have to. That does not mean go bombard Deborah in her comment sections or her DMs and say a bunch of mean stuff to her. That's not what that means. I'm giving my opinion on her as a director for the show and possibly a, also a writer and helping, helping come up with the shit for the show. So that's not at all an attempt of assassination of her character or her as a person. She's probably a lovely person. I just don't think that she should be writing Star Wars if you're going to do something like this. Like, if she would... Because the people... Disney's like, there's no way to please everybody. Yes, there there is. There is a way. There's a way to please everybody. Okay? You know that you have prequel fans, which is myself included, my friends, other people. You know you have Star Wars fans that only care about the sequels. Okay? No problem. They don't necessarily care about the prequels because one, they wouldn't grow up with it, and two, because they may not understand it, and they just like they like the new characters better. I don't know how, but they do. Um, if you make a show that has good writing, it has engaging uh, characters that can engage with the audience. If you do the, if you follow the example of show don't tell, and you show things like in, the, in our case, this would be flashbacks, flashback of the Clone Wars, the flashbacks of like they did with Obi Wan Anakin in the Episode Two timeline. Or, or era, uh, you add context to situations that happen in your show or instances that happen in your show, and it makes people get a better grasp of understanding what's going on, who this character is, how they are as a person or a character, how they react to things and how they should, and what leads to their downfall if they have one. And they don't do that enough in this show. It's like, this to me, it's just like, they try to focus on, like... They try to focus on stuff that shouldn't have been focused on. Like, I don't think the Leia stuff should have been focused on. The, like, I, I don't hate that. I, honestly, I really like the, the actress who plays Leia. She does a really good job. She does, honestly, a really good job. She's not annoying. The only thing I don't like is just the chase scene in the first two episodes where she, like, runs and they just can't catch her. I don't I don't sound like that. Um, But I just think that there's just a lot of missed opportunities here. I think that the whole trope of Star Wars shows and things being like, oh, it's a an older character who watches over a young character and then they become really close at the end of the show. I think that that just needs to go away. I am so sick and tired of seeing that. It's just overused and it's just like it's it's I'm tired of seeing that. 
So I think to make this show, to make this, you know, thing better, they could have gotten rid of the fucking, a lot of the Leia stuff. Or honestly, a lot more Reva stuff than Leia. I would have rather gotten rid of Reva than Leia. But anyway, what did I give it? I gave it like a, what, a 7 out of 10 for this episode? 7 out of 10 for this episode, uh, you know, only going to rewatch the Vader stuff. And that's about it. So anyway, go ahead. We're going to be moving on to this episode six of the Kenobi show. The finale, the finale. Yes. Are you ready for the grand finale? All right. Anyway, so episode six of the Kenobi show finale, the finale episode. All right. And I also want to point this out. Uh, there was tease that this episode was going to be an hour and 33 minutes long. I didn't get my hopes up because I was like, hey, uh, like I said the last time, if you expect disappointment, you won't be disappointed. So. Anyway, moving on. This episode was like what? It was like fucking 40, like 50 minutes maybe. Something like that. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't an hour long. That's all I can say. <laughs> and just like every other episode in this show, that's not an hour long. <laughs> Pisses me off. All right. I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm going to be as mad about as, you know, I'm over here thinking I'm going to be upset about how I describe this episode at the end. I don't think I'll be as upset as Book of Boba, but I'm probably still going to be upset. Anyway, like I said, we open up with a recap of the last episodes, and then we open up on Tatooine, where there's a guy who is, looks like he's selling some stuff, but he's barely making ends meet, and he's interrupted by this criminal, who then tries to take what he has by force, until Reva, wearing a fucking black hoodie, which, this is what I never understood, I never understood the point of them wearing a black hoodie on a fucking desert planet, like, dude, Wearing a hoodie in general in the sun is hot as uh, hot enough as it is, but when you wear lighter clothes, you end up being a lot cooler because heat doesn't heat. I think it was reflects off of lighter clothes, and with darker clothes like black, brown, and stuff like that, heat, it actually absorbs the heat and it makes your clothes a lot hotter. So I, I don't understand. Like, and she sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. Like, I'm I'm over here. Why are you wearing this black robe, fucking hoodie thing here? Now, one might say she's escaping. It's all she had. Well, I'm like, bro, if she had enough energy to get herself into the ship and fly herself to Tatooine, I think she might have had enough energy to buy some some other robes, something that probably would have disguised her a little bit more. Because if I'm if I'm the people on Tatooine, I'd be like, bro, is this the bitch that cut off that lady's hand for speaking out of turn like a couple of days ago? But, I, hey, <laughs> like I said, I'm here to point out the stuff you guys don't notice. Um, anyway, she intervenes. And basically tells him that she's looking for a farmer named Owen. We then go to Kenobi. Kenobi in uh, Ice Cube's <laughs> Ice Cube's son um, uh, is his ship trying to escape Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. This is basically this. This reminded me of the Last Jedi. Uh, why the f okay? So basically, Darth Vader's Star Destroyer is chasing the escaped ship that Roken and them got away in. But for some reason, he's not sending Tie Fighters after them. <laughs> like this dude this is just straight out of the last jedi like of dumbness like bro like why aren't you sending tie fighters to stop this little transport um we then see that uh obi-wan's like fuck everybody's gonna die like the ship is getting hit and everyone's like oh we're scared what are we gonna do they're basically sitting ducks and um we uh obi-wan's like fuck what, what am i what am i gonna fucking do we then go back to owen and luke at a mechanic shop and this was really cool. I love seeing Owen and Luke. Uh, Owen and Luke arrive at a mechanic shop, and um, he tells Luke to go grab like this mechanical belt or something like that or whatever. And then um, the the guy who was being pressed earlier by Reva asking, "Do you know about a man named Owen who has a farm, or whatever?" And uh, he's basically like, "Owen, like there's something you need to know." And then it cuts away. And um, I think that this could have been handled a lot better. 
I think that they would what they could have done was after the whole thing with Riva, she could like basically threaten him, and then immediately he just goes to he goes to like find Owen, and then we see Owen in like this mechanic shop. Like you don't even have to show you don't have to show Owen like arriving in the shop. Like you can basically establish that because this guy obviously knew who Owen was. He knew Owen would be at a mechanic shop somehow, unless somebody told him. But I'm assume I would assume like to make the relationship of people on Tatooine like seem like they know everybody knows each other in this small little part of Tatooine a lot better. Basically, you could have her threaten him, and then oh fuck, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense because it's like why like she just like threatened him. Oh, you have a farmer named Owen, and then like what happened? Because they didn't show anything. Like why didn't if like he went if he immediately ran to Owen right after this? Why didn't she fucking follow him? Like why didn't she just be like yo take me to where you think Owen might be now or I'll kill you and destroy your business? But that didn't happen. Um, anyway, after he tells Owen, there's something you need to know, it cuts away again, and then we cut to Leia, who's upset with Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan's making the decision to leave everybody, and basically be the distraction to let Roken and everybody else escape, and this was dumb again, they're all like, why could, Why are you doing this, Obi-Wan, like, what's wrong with you, and Obi-Wan's like, bro, I'm trying to help you guys escape, and I'm over here like, you guys can't be that fucking stupid, like, what is it with this whole oh, you can't leave, why, I'm trying to help you so you don't die, oh no, we'd rather all die together, like, no, get away, he, like, he's doing what a Jedi is supposed to do, all you people should fucking know that of anybody, of, of, since they've, since they've been close to so many other Jedi, but they didn't fucking notice it, um, <sighs> so then, um, after that, um, Kenobi's all like, you know, I'm the one that Vader wants, and I, if wherever I go, he will follow. Leia is still upset and storms off, and she's mad because she's like, you told me you would never leave, and a bunch of other stupid stuff. Obi-Wan then tells Kumar Nil and Johnny to make sure, make sure that Leia gets home at all costs. And Kumar Nil and Johnny brings up a really great point. He's like, I mean, I don't know why you couldn't trust me, like, even though I kind of deceived you, but I, I got you, which was kind of dumb. It's like, stuff like that, like, they basically are just talking to the audience at that point you know, like a little commentary right there, I just thought it was kind of dumb, I still don't like his character, I think he's annoying, um, Obi-Wan and Leia then have another heartfelt moment, um, uh, oh wait, hang on, no, right before that, um, we then cut back to, after that, we cut back to Owen bringing Luke home to Baru, and then basically saying they have a, uh, like, yo, there's people coming after Luke, we, we gotta hide him and stuff like that, we'll have a, and Baru's all like, no, like, you guys can't leave, like, we, let's, let's fight here, we have a better chance fighting in our own home than trying to escape and run away, which is true, and I, and I thought that was pretty cool, she's like, hey, she's basically like, nah, we ain't going nowhere, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna fight, and we're gonna defend him in our own home, which is a smart choice to do, don't run out in the middle of a fucking desert so this force wielder can kill you, and, like, you're sitting down, because he'll see you, there's nowhere you can hide. So, um, I thought that was pretty cool. They, they found like, this little hidden rifle that I was in like, a little clever spot, which I'm probably thinking like, God damn, bro, they were probably trying to get to that spot when they got killed in episode four. Um, we then go back to Leia and Obi-Wan. They have a heartfelt moment where Obi-Wan, um, she gives Leia, I believe it was Tala's blaster holster and, or I think it's either Tala's or it's his. I think it was Tala's or his. I'm, I'm you know what? I think it was his. They both embrace uh, Obi-Wan's like, I'm not gonna, he, she's all like, oh, there's nothing in it, he's like, well, I'm not gonna give you a, a loaded blaster, Leia, I thought that was pretty, pretty cute, pretty funny, um, they both embrace, Obi-Wan is then preparing, uh, he's sitting by himself as he attempts, he's attempting to speak to Master Qui-Gon, and it doesn't work again, to no avail, um, uh, he basically, like, tries to communicate to Master Qui-Gon, saying, like, whether he dies or Vader dies, this has to end today, 
And I, I like that. I thought that was cool. Um, Kenobi ends up taking a second shuttle, causing a distraction that uh, Vader ends up deciding to pursue. Um, basically, they're flying away, and, and a little shuttle flies out of their ship and flies off into the distance. And they're like, what do we do? We shall go after the insurgents, says the Grand Inquisitor. And Vader's like, Kenobi is aboard that ship. Pursue Kenobi. And the Grand Inquisitor's kind of like a little like, really, motherfucker? Like, all right, whatever. Pursue Kenobi, we must. Um, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru then hide Luke, and they tell him, hey, because we, we go back to them. We go back to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. They hide Luke, and they basically tell him if anything goes wrong, run. And they assure him everything's going to be okay. We then cut to uh, Obi-Wan landing on a nearby planet um, where Lord Vader then says, oh, I will deal with him by myself, basically. Like, I'm not going, I'm going in with no backup. I got this. This ain't gonna, this ain't gonna, ain't gonna nothing gonna happen. I got this by myself. I'm gonna do this all alone, which was stupid. But, you know, it's like, I, I never understood that point. Like, bro, like, if you really want him dead, like, bring in a bunch of death troopers bring in the like blow up blow up the fucking planet bro be like yo he's on that moon hey bring the death star out of hyperspace move it over here and blow up the fucking moon or planet whatever he's on um but i get it i i i'm actually honestly i really do like vader going to confront him by himself more than what i just said but still it's just little stuff like that i'm just kind of like they could have did that but then again, then again it wouldn't move the plot forward and it wouldn't it would we had no story to tell because if we could just use a giant fucking death star that blows up planets to blow up planets that our enemies are on you know things would go a lot quicker in this star wars series but anyway i digress um <laughs> um obi-wan then prepares he pulls out lola and he puts her on the dash of his ship we then cut to reva on the owen farm I, i'm gonna call it that the owen farm as owen uh basically like she's here um we then go back and i'm just like this stuff like this is like i i don't understand why they're doing it like i don't like how they start with a vader thing you're like yes and then they cut to reva for like fucking 10 seconds like bro it's pointless and i just wish that they just didn't show reva like this whole turn of reva like trying to do this now it doesn't make any sense because it's like bro this all happened within the span of days like she went from being evil cutting off hands of a lady person and threatening people and being the most violent Inquisitor out of all of them, where the Inquisitor's like, yo, bro, you gotta calm the fuck down here. This ain't what we do. We do, we get our information, but we don't do it like this. We don't just cut off hands because we gotta cut off hands. We cut off hands when it's necessary. You just cutting off hands like there's no tomorrow. So, and then she's like, oh, I gotta go kill Luke. It's just like, get the fuck out of here. It's just, if this would have built up over a number of seasons, then this payoff would have been a lot better of her switching and stuff like that. It's just, every time we follow a bad guy in Star Wars, we end up fucking having them turn really quickly to the good guy side and just making some dumb character choices. Um, anyway, after Lord Vader um, lands his ship, because they cut away from Reva, they, they, uh, Lord Vader lands his ship, and he gets out like a badass, which is pretty cool. Reminded me of Revenge of the Sith, where he... Not Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, where he walks off the Imperial shuttle when he gets into the Death Star. Just fucking amazing. I just love that movie so much. So much better than this fucking show. Um, anyway, and as soon as he gets off, he sees Kenobi in the distance standing like a badass. He then approaches him and he goes, Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And then Obi-Wan says the iconic lines, I will do what I must. And I fucking nutted right here. I was like, oh, show awesome. As he pulls out his signature form with the lightsaber, uh, everyone has the signature form where he basically like holds the lightsaber up, like kind of like a fencing style or like a, a, 
I don't know how you explain it. I, I, I forgot the form that he uses, but it's more of a defensive form. He used this against Grievous. Uh, he used this against Maul. It's, it's, it's just Obi-Wan's signature form, for those of you who don't know. Um, and also, for those of you who don't know, you're like, what are you talking about form? Well, in Star Wars, there's different lightsaber forms of combat, combat for, or lightsaber forms. I know one of them is Vapod, that, um, or Vapod, Vap I call it, some people call it Vapod, it's Vapod. Uh, that Mace Windu uses basically uh, they use they they're on the light side but they use influences they use parts of their personality that connect with the dark side to help them win battles and that's the reason why Mace Windu beat um, Sidious in the th in his um, fucking his office in episode three and uh, Sarasu Sarasu I don't know I'm, I gotta look up the forms I'll have to go over them in another video but anyway um, Vader then um, uh, after he says, uh, I will do what I must, he pulls out his lightsaber, Vader then uses his iconic line, then you will die. And for those of you who don't know, this line was used in Star Wars Rebels, which they took a lot of inspiration for this fight from. Uh, I didn't watch Star Wars Rebels, I saw bits of it, I saw certain scenes from certain episodes, because I just didn't want to sit through them going to stop Imperials, dressing up like stormtroopers, and then escaping somehow. Um... Basically, there's a scene in Star Wars Rebels, which takes place further down the line from this, where um, what happens is is uh, Anakin uh, is trying, uh, Ahsoka is trying, spoilers, Ahsoka is trying to turn Anakin back to the light side, and she goes, I'm not leaving you, not this time, and then he goes, and then you will, then you will die, and he ignites his lightsaber, it's badass, and it was badass here. They engage in battle, and... We then cut back to fucking Reva. Like, sit like this. It's like, bro, you guys are giving me blue balls here. You tease me, and then you cut to Reva. Like, I don't want to see Reva. I'm tired of that fucking character. It's not a good character. It's ter I, I don't want to see it. And it, her, her still being alive doesn't make any fucking sense. This whole episode should have been based off of Anakin and Obi-Wan. That's it. That's all it should have been based off of. Nothing else. <sighs> they engage in battle. They cut back to Reva. Reva is on the Owen farm as Uncle Owen and Amberu engage and attack her with their blasters. And then we go back to Obi-Wan and Vader again. It's just like, bro, they can't decide which scene they want to be in. It's like, it's like they're switch it's like they're they're switching between uh the hard camera and the moving cameras during like a basketball game where they have like a close-up on LeBron's face and then they cut to fucking uh James Harden and then they just keep they're like who should we oh who do we have the camera on? James Harden or LeBron James or James Brown? Like, make up your fucking mind. It's like it's not like that. Star Wars did this too. Star Wars has done this too. Like the movies have done this. The prequels have done this. But the thing is, they at least give you like a good set of dialogue and then something happens and it's it's just, they do it a lot better than this show does. And it's just like, it's just awkward the way they do it. They attack her and we cut back to Vader and Obi-Wan as Vader tells Obi-Wan, he says, you'll I see your strength has returned, but the weakness still remains, which was cool. Um, he then one-ups Obi-Wan and says, uh, that is why you will always lose. And I'm kind of just like, bro, like, you lost to him on fucking Mustafar. You like, like, what are you talking about? You will always lose. Like, bro, as far as I'm concerned, you've never beaten Obi-Wan in canon. Anyway, Darth Vader, um, uh, then collapses the ground under, he, like, knocks back Obi-Wan and uses the force to collapse the ground underneath Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan falls into the ground and a bunch of rocks and rubble pile on top of him. And then he says to him, did you truly think that you could defeat me? You have failed, master. And then he walks away. And at this point, I'm just like, 
as cool as that line was and as cool as him bearing Obi-Wan was, why the fuck did you walk away? You should know Obi-Wan by now that that's not going to fucking kill him. Obi-Wan isn't Black Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Midness where a fucking statue fucking stone kills her, okay? I know it's the same company, Disney, but I, I don't think they'd be that stupid to do something dumb like that to kill off Obi-Wan and break canon. So why are you walking away, guy? Like, dude, he did this with Reva and he did this with Obi-Wan. Like, this is just like a flaw that Vader has. Like, can Vader just not, like, can Vader just, like, mortally, like, mortally damage somebody or, or just damage somebody to where they're on the verge of death? But he's just like, eh, you know what? I'm just going to let you lie there. You'll be, you won't survive. Like how he fucking did. Now, one could say this is mirroring when Obi-Wan left him for dead. Okay, I can kind of buy that. But this is like... He's done this. It's it, it can't be that to me. The reason why? Because he's done it fucking twice. He did it to Reva, and he did it to fucking um. He did it to Obi Wan. So you can't. If it was if he only did this to Obi Wan and walked away, then you know, hey, I'd be like, oh, I buy it. And you could also be like, when he was fucking letting Obi Wan burn, he just decides, you know what? Let me not force push the fire out the way. Let me get scared like the Spinosaurus and not fucking react to the fire and be like, oh no, fire, fire bad. Vader no like fire. <sighs> we then cut back to Reva fighting Owen. Owen gets a couple of good hits in, but he's soon bested by Reva. And then he warns Baru, uh, who is then also bested by Reva as Luke escapes and runs through this uh, desert at night like he was told to. Reva then pursues after him chasing. I thought this was just so funny. He's like, yeah, 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 like chasing after him. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Use the force, Reva. Fucking force pull him if you really want him that bad. Like, I'm like, bro, you got stabbed. How the fuck are you still alive? Like, and you can run? Dude, I don't know anybody who's been stabbed. Stabbed mortally. Or is that what they call it? A mortal wound or a... I don't know what the fucking word is. I don't know anybody who's been stabbed on the verge of death, crawls to get a comlink, gets in a fucking ship, flies to fucking Tatooine, gets into a battle with these two farmers and tries to kidnap their kid, runs into the night chasing after the kid and can still do all that. I don't, I just don't know how stuff like that fucking happens. I, I don't know. It's just, it was just dumb. So she chases him to this familiar um, canyon. Uh, how do you fucking put it? okay so this canyon is this canyon is the same canyon that r2d2 is uh in where he gets fucking knocked over by the jawas it looks like the exact same canyon if i'm wrong i'm wrong and i have no problem admitting that but that's what it looked like to me um she chases him to that fucking canyon area and like I, then we cut back to fucking obi-wan again so it's like bro you can't they can't just like st it's the movies will have two or three like like probably like three or four minutes of one scene and then it'll cut to the other scene of what else, what else is going on this is like two minutes a minute 30 seconds of something happening and we cut back cut back cut back cut back and it's like bro like goddamn, it's all over the place you guys can't just stay in one area um we then cut back to obi-wan who is buried underneath a bunch of rocks he then uses his every last bit of his will to hold a bunch of rocks above him up so he doesn't get crushed instantly um I don't know how he's not, like, got a broken rib or something. Like, I kind of wish, like, he would have taken some damage. Like, there wasn't really any blood on him. None of that. So, he then starts to hear Anakin's voice and Vader's voice as he's remembering what he's fighting for, which is Luke and Leia. And I thought this was cool. This is, like, his Rocky moment. Uh, I thought it would have been better to have Qui-Gon's voice come in there and basically tell him, like, 
like, you know, get your shit together, Obi-Wan, come on. And, like, that thing would have been a lot better. Then he basically gets up, forces, pushes the rocks off of him. He sneaks up on Vader, who then senses him as they engage in a battle again. And then we cut back to Reva pursuing Luke as Luke is headed to that canyon that she's not familiar with, the one that R2 was in in episode 4. Um, then we cut back again to Vader and Obi-Wan as Obi-Wan gets the best of Vader by basically, like, he knocks his shit fucking silly, force pushes him back, throws a bunch of boulders and rocks at him. Basically, It's basically like throwing sand in a little kid's eyes. Like, ah, he's throwing sand at me. Please don't throw more sand at me while you're beating my ass. And he's throwing a bunch of rocks at Vader. Causes enough damage to Vader that breaks his, uh... He causes damage to Vader that breaks his breathing apparatus or at least, like, fucks with it and fucks it up a little bit. Malfunctions it. And I, I always love hearing Vader go, <laughs> having, like, asthma. When he has asthma and he can barely breathe. <laughs> it sounds like a donkey, but that's what it sounds like. And it sounds like a donkey dying when he's like, <laughs> Um... He causes damage to his, his breathing apparatus, and he force pushes back Vader, jumps up, and does a... I don't know why he did this, but he did, like, a fucking... A cool move where he jumps off the side of a rock, and he slices his fucking face and breaks a part of his fucking helmet, revealing a part of his face, which is Hayden Christensen. Hey, which was cool. This was cool. This is, like... It just reminded me of the Rebels thing, where I think Ahsoka broke off the... So, what would it be? The... the le Okay, Ahsoka broke off the right part of Vader's face. Obi-Wan broke off the left part of Vader's helmet. So, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Um, he then, um, after he causes damage to him, he slices him. Uh, um, we see his face, which is Hayden Christensen, like I said. Um, he's breathing really hard. <laughs> Obi-Wan then um, sees Anakin's face as uh, Anakin, as Vader says, uh, Anakin is gone. I am what remains. But the way they did this, they had like the the voice modulator of, of Darth Vader's voice and, and Hayden Christensen's voice cutting in. And it was just, oh, it was just so cool. Like, I think Vader's, Vader, uh, Anakin's eyes were like blue. They were blue. Like, it, he was conflicted here. And um, you see the blue, li the blue lightsaber light reflecting off Obi-Wan's face. And part of it, like, you see like a purplish blue and reddish tint. Uh, reflecting off of Vader's face, which is supposed to symbolize that he's conflicted because blue and red make purple. It's a mix of both, so he's kind of uh, he's conflicted. He's, he he know he know deep down, you deep 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 down below the bowels of Vader's black heart, there's some part of Anakin there that regrets what he does and doesn't like what he's become. And then the red is basically like, yo, that's the Vader. That's like, nah, bro, we're here to stay. And that's what I took from it, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um. What happens is that he says, uh, uh, Anakin is gone. I am what remains as Obi-Wan then tells Anakin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all of it, Anakin. I'm sorry. This was, and this was cool. This was very heartfelt. And Vader then says, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. The same way I will destroy you. As Obi-Wan then says, then my friend is truly dead. And right when Vader says that, you see the the bluish purplish light go away and it turns to red on his face. Basically he's saying like nah bruh, like I'm Vader, like Anakin's dead, and his eyes turn yellow. Which I thought was really fucking cool. I love I love when they see stuff like this, bro. Like this is the minor stuff that people like me and fans and people who can see good writing 
or good moments in in stories notice and it's symbolism it's like oh this is so fucking cool if they could have done this for half the fucking series it would have been great but they didn't they waited to the last fucking episode the finale to do something like this um what the hell uh was i gonna say um uh what's it uh, oh yeah so yeah i already went over the whole like lighting thing i thought that was really cool um obi-wan then says goodbye and he just basically leaves vader like he's just like oh well obi-wan does the same thing he does in episode three where he's just like like bro like i said i've seen what you become and i don't want no part of it i'm not even gonna kill you and he walks away and then vader just yells can obi-wan obi-wan like that was pretty cool reminded me of maul going can you be that's what it reminded me of but it was cool uh a little annoying because it's just like okay I get the line now, uh, when I left you, I was but a learner, now I am the master, or when you left, when I left, I don't know, it's like, he didn't, well, technically, you didn't leave him, Obi-Wan left you again, and you didn't pursue him, and it's just like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know at all, uh, Obi-Wan then leaves the planet, and he somehow gets to Tatooine really fucking fast, as Reva in that, in like that time period of the time period of, like, Obi-Wan not being able, like, being able to get to Tatooine in, like, less than, what, like, fucking three minutes? Star Wars time, I don't know how long it took him to get there, but it's, like, showing, then it cuts back to Reva and Tatooine, um, as Reva's pursuing Luke in that, like, canyon fucking trail area, mountain area, I don't know what the hell you want to call it, she, uh, she's chasing Luke, she can't kill him for some reason, she then knocks Luke off of an edge, which then, knocks him out she then ignites her lightsaber and attempts to kill him but she somehow can't bring herself to do it because she's getting flashes of her past self she sees a flash of fucking reva young reva there taking luke's place it's like oh my god i'm basically killing myself and becoming what i swore to destroy and it's just like bro like i said this payoff just is not as it's not as much of a payoff and it doesn't hit as hard because it's like bro we've only known her for like a like what four fucking weeks five weeks fuck like yeah four weeks one two three four five okay no fucking five yeah five weeks five weeks we've only known her why like i'm supposed to care about her and in five weeks like bro you've given me no reason to care about her and then she can't do it can't bring herself to do it and it's just like i don't know it's just i'm just like bro we could this whole episode could have just not used this whole little arc whole little subplot whatever you want to call it like, she should have been dead in the last episode. Vader should have decapitated her. And at the end of the show, like, I get it. They're like, oh, it's kind of a way to get Owen to trust Obi-Wan. And <sighs> Obi-Wan then shows up. He lands while Baru and um, while Baru and uh, Owen are looking for Luke. Luke! Luke! And they're yelling in the middle of the desert to no avail. Obi-Wan then arrives like, oh, hey, guys, I'm here. And they're like, what the fuck? Let me help you look for Luke. And then we see in the distance, Reva's walking with Luke uncon- Luke's unconscious body, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where Falcon's carrying that Carly chick, the terrorist, in his fucking arms, basically. She's walking up, and she collapses, drops to her knees, and she cries with some dumb fucking monologue about her as a youngling and how uh, whatever she did didn't feel warranted. And it's just a bunch of dumb stuff. Obi-Wan Ben tells her, like, oh, you've chosen your own path now. And I'm like, bro, either she should have died in his arms there, I just thought it was just so dumb. Like, honestly, I'm not even repeat all this dumb dialogue that they fucking said. It was just pointless. It honestly didn't even need to be there. It was just dumb. I just don't. I'm getting mad, but I. <laughs> it was stupid. 
it it wasn't uh, an important payoff. It wasn't as exciting. wasn't exciting. It was just dumb. Um, we then go back to um, we then go back to uh, you, okay, you know what I was gonna say? This whole Riva thing. What I thought they were gonna do, which I think would have been cool as well. So for those of you who don't know, there is a comic where um, Darth Maul basically heads to Tatooine. He finds out about he finds out about um, Luke. And he li- that he lives on he's on Tatooine. He finds out that there's a son, and Darth Maul basically is got his robot legs, his grievous legs that he has, and he's basically in the distance while Luke and Owen are on the farm. Owen notices something in the distance and he tells Baru to go get his rifle, and she goes, "Why?" He goes, "I don't know. Go get my rifle. It doesn't look like sand people." And she goes and gets his rifle. He goes, "Take Luke inside, and whatever you whatever you hear, don't come outside." And you see in the distance, you're like, what the fuck is that? And it's Maul. It's Darth Maul. Darth Maul's wearing like a hoodie, like how Reva was wearing. And he's got his robot legs and he got his red tattoos and his t- t- tatted up chest and shit like that. And he starts, he's charging the farm. He's running at the farm at like a speed that's going faster and faster. Owen then gets out his binoculars and he sees it, tells Brew to grab his rifle, gets his rifle, and he yells at a warning. He goes, whoever you are, he goes, stop now. This is private property. You will be shot once you get close enough. And he's warning him. And Darth Maul just doesn't stop running. Darth Maul runs and he jumps up and he slices uh, the he slices the rifle, I think, into two pieces and he cuts Owen on the face and knocks him down, basically. And then you hear in the distance, you hear um, you hear Maul go out like say he yells out like you. Uh, I was behind. You. you don't remember me. I was behind you on Camino. I, I was behind two days uh, to meet you on Camino, I was there at the end of the Battle of Geonosis, I, I was there when, basically, I think he left Vader for dead and stuff like that, and he's clearly speaking to Obi-Wan, and you hear a Ben, Ben Kenobi at this time, uh, in the background, like, like, talking, like, where the fuck is he at, and he, Obi-Wan fucking comes out of the ground, and has a fight with Maul, and him and Maul are going after the fight, and Obi-Wan kind of gets bested a little bit, and then, uh, Owen shoots Maul on the side of his head with the remaining part of his blaster and kills Maul, and it's a cool-ass fucking comic book. It's fucking dope. There's, like, an animated little short of it on YouTube that came out years ago. I remember seeing it. And they, it was awesome. And um, he basically tells, like, yo, you're not good for this family. Like, don't come. I get it. Stop coming nearby because you're bringing unwanted attention to this farm. And I thought that's what they are going to do. I thought they, they were going to, like, mock or, not, or mimic that. Basically have Reva basically charge the farm. And Owen fucking kills her. I, I thought that would have been cool. I thought that would have been cool. They, but they didn't do that. So. Um, Obi-Wan. Uh, after Reva dies. We go back to. Um, we go back. Not Reva dies. I mean I don't even know if she fucking. No she didn't fucking die. Unfortunately. Uh, we then cut to Vader on Mustafar. In his castle. Again. So Vader's not scared of fire anybody. Like I was joking earlier. But that's what. Just, uh, oh, this, show, this show doesn't make any fucking sense. Um. Vader is then on his, um, what was it? He's then on his fucking castle in Mustafar, and, um, where, what the hell is he doing? He's in his castle in Mustafar, and he's speaking to the Emperor. We got a cameo by Ian McDermott, which was fucking cool. This was like, oh, Lord Vader, like, you seem troubled. This was cool. And then he basically assures the Emperor that, you know, yo, Kenobi means nothing to me, and, and, and I, I only serve you, master. And that's basically it. And we get the, I think it was the Empire theme song playing in the background. And then they cut off from that scene. Uh, we then cut to Alderaan, which uh, Leia's getting ready. And she's, and this is like um, 
just like the scene from the, I think it was the first episode where she's getting ready and she doesn't, and it's not even her, but no, Leia dresses herself. She doesn't need people to dress her now. And it's pretty cool. It's a really cute little scene. Leia is learned and it, it's cool. It's a cool little scene. Leia has, you know, Leia at least developed a little bit as a character in this show. Um, she's all dressed up waiting for her mother. Her mother then sees the holster and she, oh, cause I like it, which is kind of a little weird. Like, oh, I like your holster that you have. I, I think it was apparent, like, if I see my kid has a holster and be like, what the fuck do you have a holster for? Give me that shit, bro. Do you have a gun? Or just like, do you have a blaster? What the fuck? I don't know. Um, we then cut to them waiting. And I'm like, and she's like, oh, who are we waiting for? Cousins, uh, people arriving. And Obi-Wan. It's Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan gets out of the ship and to Leia's happiness. Uh, Bail Organa then thanks Obi-Wan and says that he, I cannot repay you. I, 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 there's no way I can repay you. And I'm, I'm over here looking around like, bro, I can think of a million different ways that you can fucking repay me. How about a fucking mansion on Alderaan, bro? How, how about you give me some fucking credits, guy? I risk my fucking life. That whole line to me is just like a, how could I repay you? Like, yeah, you could, there's a lot of ways. How about some Alderaan hookers? Some Alder, some Twilight hookers? Like, I think Obi-Wan would like some Twilight hookers on Alderaan, fuck it, I think Alderaan probably has some of the best strip clubs in all of Star Wars, I don't know, Alderaan hookers sound pretty nice, Alderaan Twilight, or Twi Alderaan Twilight hookers sound even better, but no, apparently he doesn't, <laughs> apparently he's got no money to, to pay him, he's got no way to pay him, even though they, they fucking live in a goddamn mansion, he's a senator on this fucking planet, but nonetheless, um, after he thanks him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading what I wrote down here. I wrote Bail Organa thanks Obi-Wan and says he cannot repay him, even though they're fucking rich and royalty, but bes that's besides the point. That's what I wrote. Um, Obi-Wan and Leia have another heartfelt moment where he tells her that she is like her parents in many ways, and I don't think he was really revealing to her that about um, Padme. Basically, like, she, she, I think she took it as like, oh yeah, you're speaking of my, my dad Bail and uh, my mother, whatever the fuck her name was, Mrs. Organa. So and, and that was a really cool poem. And he's and he's right when he was, uh, you know, telling her this nice stuff. He was very right. And it was a, it was a cute little scene. Um, and he says he wishes he can tell her more. And then they embrace. He then leaves Alderaan and is then seen back on Tatooine in his cave wearing his iconic outfit from episode three, looking more like Alec Guinness than he does. He does probably ever. Um He's packing up his stuff and he's moving out of his cave that he's in, I guess. And I'm just like, bro, you gotta, you don't got to pay rent there. What the fuck are you doing leaving the cave? Maybe he's just got, he's tired of goddamn Jawas coming in and trying to steal his stuff and sell it to him. He's tired of Jawas breaking his air conditioning and then selling him the pieces. Like, oh, Dini, we found your pieces. Like, motherfucker, you're trying to sell me my fucking pieces that you stole. What is Jawas? The Jawas basically run a chop shop with their fucking giant sand crawler. Um... He packs his stuff up and gets on his EOP. That's what that thing is called. The camel he rides is called an EOP. Um, he starts moving to somewhere else and he finds the toy that Owen gave back to him that he didn't want to give him to Luke. And he goes to bring it to Luke and um, he pulls up to Owen's house and he tells Owen, he goes, Owen, that Owen was right and that Luke just needs to be a boy. And that tells Owen to take care of him as he's ready to leave. I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what are you doing? I thought they were gonna switch, bait like switch up on us. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? You gotta protect this fucking kid. You can't just give up on him. You can just lie to Owen and be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm done protecting him. Let you guys do your thing as a family, and then just watch him from a distance and don't interfere. But and then Owen's are like, hey, you know, come on, man, like, you don't have to leave. Like, you want to meet the kid? He tells him, and um. Uh, Owen tells him like, he says, oh no, he tells him, he goes, oh, I, we will, 
I will. Like, we'll take care of him. Then he asks Ben, he goes, would you like to meet Luke? Uh, Kenobi then goes to meet Luke, and he utters the iconic line, hello there, and the scene ends. Which, I thought it was kind of cool. It's cool him meeting Luke, but also, how the fuck does Luke not remember Obi-Wan? But I think Luke does talk about, in episode four, a guy named Ben Kenobi that they, that they all know about. Or Ben. So, maybe he does kind of remember him. But, anyway. Um... Obi-Wan then gets on his Eopi, I guess, and he leaves to the canyon that was earlier in the episode and that Reva was chasing Luke in. And as he's heading to the canyon, you see in the distance a Force ghost coming out, and the Force ghost ends up being Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn. And I was I was so happy. I teared up. I teared up right there seeing Qui-Gon. It was just, I loved Liam Neeson, and seeing Liam Neeson show up at the end was just great. Um, it doesn't make sense canon-wise because Liam Neeson uh, was... Tr- Liam Neeson... Qui-Gon was trying to become a force, trying to find out how to become a force ghost, and then he died. He was only able to achieve um, everlasting life, basically, by only being a voice. That's why we never see his force ghost in Star Wars anytime after, because if that's the case, why didn't he show up in the original trilogy? Um, We do see his force ghost in the Clone Wars, but it's on a planet called Mortis, which is like... uh, a planet solely made of the dark side and the light side and the balance. It's like a force planet. So that ma- it makes sense for him to show up there because it's like it kind of like bends the rules of like time and space and a bunch of other stuff in Star Wars. But nonetheless, you know, I was happy seeing it, but it just doesn't make sense canon wise. And like I said, that just shows that the person who wrote the show didn't know what they were doing when they wrote this show. Um, he then says, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan then says to him, I was beginning to think that you'd never come. Uh, Qui-Gon then says, I've always been here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see. He then tells them, come on. Uh, they have a ways to go. And then they both... Wa- they, Obi-Wan follows him as they both leave. He disappears. And the episode ends as Obi-Wan rides his EOP through the canyon. Presumably. Alright. That's the end of this fucking show. This goddamn... Uh, fucking mess of a show. Oh my god. Okay. First thing I want to say, what am I going to give this episode? I'm going to give this episode, I'm going to give this episode a solid 8 out of 10. I gave it a 9 yesterday, but I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. The reason being, uh, it breaks canon with the whole Qui-Gon being a ghost showing up. Oh, quit complaining. You saw Qui-Gon. You said you teared up. Yeah, I did tear up. Doesn't mean that it still wasn't breaking canon. Also, the reason why I'm giving it 8 out of 10 is because of the whole Reva Luke sub mini subplot for this last episode. Reva should have died. Uh, even before that, she should have never even been in this fucking show. It was just pointless. I don't know. It just, I, that, that just would held it back for me. The whole Anakin and, uh, Obi-Wan thing, you know, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it was cool. Um, some of it didn't make any sense. Some of the decisions made didn't make any sense, but it was a cool fight scene. Nonetheless, I'm going to rewatch it a couple of times, multiple times in the future. That's probably all I'm going to rewatch from the show. I don't think I don't think I'm going to rewatch anything else from the show. You're not going to see me looking up clips of Roken, clips of Tala, clips of Reva. Uh, I'm only going to be rewatching the Vader and Anakin, Vader, Vader, Anakin, Obi-Wan scenes. Those are the only cool scenes. And th- this show to me just missed the it did not hit the nail on the head. It missed the mark completely. And there was so many missed opportunities. Is it uh is the show god awful, terrible, abysmal? trash garbage goddamn fuck no it's not it's is it bad it's not bad bad it's just not good it's mediocre at best this show is mediocre at best i can officially call this show midnobi 
Midnobi, a Star Wars stories, TV show, whatever the fuck you want to call it. The show is just, it's just mediocre. And there's no room for mediocre with all the money these fuckers have. So, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to discuss the series in another episode, like as a whole. Um, but these last two episodes to me, like were the coolest episodes and it just didn't, it just didn't hit, I don't know. It just didn't hit the nail on the head. Like I'm, some people are like, oh, well, would you have been happier if they did a movie? I don't know. Because it's, I feel like if they would have did a movie, they would have crammed everything in one whole hour and a half long. And even with the ability to to spread this out over multiple hours, they still fucked it up. So, you know what I mean? Like, this, this, this thing should have been at least 10 episodes, bro. 10 episodes, like, ugh. Just, it's just not a... It's just not a good show. It's not good. It's just mediocre. And, you know, I don't know, guys. But it, it, a lot of stuff that, like, I like the Anakin stuff. Like I said, the flashback scenes, the guy DH people. It was a lot of cool stuff. But it just, ah, mm. oh, man. I, I, no rewatch value for me except the Vader Kenobi scenes. But I'm not going to be rewatching this stuff on Disney+. Plus. I'm just going to rewatch it on YouTube. So no rewatch value for me. Uh, it ignored a lot of stuff in canon. It broke a couple of things in canon. A lot of continuity errors. A lot of just mess-ups with Obi-Wan's <laughs> fucking robe being soaked in one scene. And 30 seconds later, it's dry. I, I, you know, I nitpick, but I don't care. I notice stuff you guys don't notice, and that's my job. Um, but, yeah, man. Episode was 8 out of 10. I don't know what I'm going to give the series yet. I'll tell you guys in a new ep in a new episode where I discuss the whole series, but this finale should have fucking been an hour long. They got they kind of got right into the whole Darth Vader thing, Darth Vader Obi-Wan thing, but that should have went on longer. It just I feel that like I said Reva should have died in the last episode and this episode should have just been focused mainly on Vader Obi-Wan the entire time. No cuts to anybody else. Like they should have had Leia get like they should have had Leia get dropped off in the beginning like they did. And then Vader, Obi-Wan for the rest of the fucking thing. No Luke. None of that. Uh, you know, maybe they could have had Luke. Maybe have Luke at the end. Maybe have Luke at the end. Like the very end like they did in this one. But I think it could have been um, Anakin. Uh, if, okay, here's how I would have formatted it. I'm getting off the rail right here. Um, drop off Leia. Vader, Obi-Wan for fucking 40 minutes. Of just Vader and Obi-Wan. I think that would have been amazing. And then you go to, um, he visits Leia, gives his goodbye to Leia. Then he goes back to Tatooine, clears out his cave. And he just, you know, goes to tell Owen, he apologizes for, you know, um, putting them in types of danger with Reva or whatever the hell it was like at the beginning. And, you know, I see that I'm not, I don't think that I'm good. You know, you, I think you guys can take care of Luke yourself. And then what you do is basically the same thing, you know, you know, it's, hey, you want to meet the kid, meets the kid, boom, it's over, meets Qui-Gon, done, I actually, no, he, I, actually, I would have had Qui-Gon still show up here as a force ghost, but, uh, because, you know, I'm not going to take that out, they already added that in, no one would say, you know, I don't know, I'd still keep Qui-Gon as a force ghost, even though it breaks canon, because fuck it, they don't, it, they don't even give a fuck, so who cares, who cares if I fucking do it, I would have had him talk to him first, though, to give him a pep talk in the fight with, uh, with uh, Vader when he was stuck underneath the rocks. And then you see his ghost, maybe. I think that would have been cool. Um, and that's what I would have done. But I'm just doing what they had here. If I, I would have done this completely different. 
I don't know. It just seems like the show was a cash grab to me, and it just seems like a lot of this stuff doesn't matter because we already know what happens. I don't know. Anyway, guys, that's going to be it for now. I, I don't want to talk about this episode anymore. I'll talk about this more in another episode because this is already about to be an hour and a half long. Uh, I did my best to go over going over this in detail with you guys in my notes. I hope you guys appreciated me taking notes. Like I said, if I did go off on little tangents, that's just what I do. I'm doing my best to not do those anymore, but um, I think I did a pretty good job of like pointing out little stuff that you guys probably didn't notice that now you probably notice and you probably don't like. But if you do, like I said, if you like this show, that's completely fine with me. In my opinion, I don't think you're a real Star Wars fan if you li if you really like this show. Because I'm like, if you if you like this show as for its writing, and you think it's good writing. I don't think you're a Star Wars fan. I'm not saying, not trying to gatekeep and saying you can't be a Star Wars fan. I'm saying like, I don't think you're. I don't think you understand. That's a better one. If you like this show, I don't think you really understand Star Wars. If that makes any sense, I think that's more of a fair take on people who like the show. If you like the show, I don't think you understand Star Wars. I think you're just probably a casual fan, or you're just like, oh, it's Star Wars, yeah. But I understand Star Wars, and I know what's wrong and what isn't about this show. So, anyway, guys. All right, guys. This has been the No Limit Lab. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the future episodes. And, guys, don't get buried underneath rocks. Escape from Vader. Just remember, remember, as long as you survive a stab wound from Vader, as long as you let him stab you, you're going to survive because he's going to walk away. So, anyway. All right, guys. Have a good night. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Limit Lab. All right, guys. Have a good one and stay safe. Hello there. I hope you guys enjoyed Midnobi, a Star Wars story show, whatever the hell you want to call it. And I think I can officially call it Midnobi because that's what the show was. It was mid. It was Midnobi. So hope you guys enjoyed that review and everything I went over in that review. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be doing another episode where I discuss in detail the series as a whole. And when I thought about it, I think that's a better way to encapsulate how I feel about a show rather than just putting everything at the end of the last episode that I review of a show. So I'm going to start doing that from now on. But like I said, you guys know that we do teasers. That episode is not going to be the next episode that comes out. The next episode that I'm teasing right now is going to be when I discuss a show that I actually like, The Boys, Season 3, Episodes 1 through 6. Episode 6 is coming out later tonight. I'm going to be watching that, taking notes, and that's going to be the next episode that we're going to be having here on the No Limit Lab. So, guys, get ready for The Boys. Don't run into fucking Homelander. And also, too, like I said, if Vader stabs you, just play dead. He will walk away and you will survive. Because remember, nobody's ever really gone.